Ryan Camel J. It's Myron Metcalf. My, my apologies. I'm a few uh, minutes late. My phone was uh, off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no apologies <laughs> needed. You know, Myron, you caught my attention because of your unique insight into simply just being black in Minnesota. If you don't know, Myron Metcalf is a longtime Minnesota resident. Uh, Myron Metcalf has previously worked as a news and sports reporter for the Star Tribune and is now a national writer for ESPN. His column now appears, a brand new column, appears in print on Sundays twice a month and also online. And uh, not long ago, sir, you wrote, with authorities amassing resources and manpower ahead of the Chauvin trial, you said, I worry that the effort to avoid riots and protect businesses will center on suppressing the emotions of a traumatized community rather than identifying those directly responsible for indiscriminate destruction. Do you still hold that opinion? I definitely do. Yeah, I mean, I, I worry I worry about the people who you know, want to go out and express themselves. Uh, they're doing it now. They will continue to do so in the coming weeks. Uh, I just worry about how they'll be viewed, how they'll be treat, treated, how they'll be scrutinized. Um, you know, I've talked to a lot of people on the ground uh, as a result of the column I've been fortunate enough to write uh, over these last six months. And, and no one I've talked to, no one organizer, no organization has said that they want people to commit acts of violence or to destroy things. They just want to be heard. We want to be heard. And I certainly have concerns about what's going to happen, um, especially if, you know, things happen in this trial that result in uh, sort of an emotional reaction from the individuals who have been traumatized by everything that's unfolded over the last year. Myron Metcalf with us right now, a prolific writer for the Star Tribune, and also he's a sports writer for ESPN. So the city is opening George Floyd Square, that it's been called, uh, and the officials say that it's because of safety reasons. Is this a good move, in your opinion, or do the are the voices of that community, the residents specifically of that area, are their voices being squelched? Uh, you know, I think that's the the main concern is whenever you know people say community voices, I always think you have to be careful with that because sometimes that is real. I mean, sometimes that's an individual who certainly represents the people and. Uh, is is respected by those individuals. And I think sometimes uh, those are people who maybe the media and law enforcement sort of say, okay, we'll go to you and we'll, we'll talk to you about what's going on. I know as a reporter uh, in, in, in Minneapolis, uh, when I was with the Star Tribune in that role, you, you find yourself going to a few contacts uh, in different communities and them sort of speaking on behalf of everybody. And while there are benefits to that at times, there are also challenges with that. So I guess my hope is that the people on the ground, and, I, and that's a diverse group of individuals, have have been heard, uh, and their their voices have not been uh, minimized in a conversation about what to do at George Floyd Square. Well, everybody, Myron Metcalf, with us this morning. So, how do we? Myron build community how do how is that done how do we construct it or is there a construct for that I think we're doing it now I mean I you know I mean the challenge with like dialogue and and that's basically what I'm doing in my role as a columnist and trying mm-hmm. to be a catalyst for dialogue is that there's sort of a performative nature of it right like people can be satisfied with just talking and that's the danger uh talking doesn't always lead to action at the same time if you don't have constructive dialogue there is no opportunity for any action to come from that. So you really have to start with 
dialogue and really informed dialogue. And I think so much of what happens to individuals comes from misinformation. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it also comes from like a a refusal to acknowledge what has happened. Minnesota for black folks isn't this happy-go-lucky place where everybody wakes up and they sing and dance. And they say, wow, I'm in Minnesota. I can't believe it. And I think for the white Minnesotans, Minnesota to take offense to that, that's on them. Like, you understand, like, this is a place that talks about, I think, how progressive it is and all of these things they've achieved. Yet we have the worst uh, gap between black and white kids in the entire country, at least one of them. Uh, there are so many things that you look at, housing and redlining, where minorities have been left behind. And I don't know how individuals can sort of pat themselves on the back uh, and say everything's all good. But those are the same individuals who will be out there marching. And they will have a Black Lives Matter sign uh, on their front porch in their lawn. But that, to me, can't be the extent of solidarity and support. So I think black folks got to keep doing what they're doing. We're just waiting for some allies to continuously step up and take action to change the circumstance. Well, we could talk all day, and I hope uh, this is not the last time we talk, Myron, but I- I'm going to quote you again. You said, but an opportunity remains for Minneapolis and its neighbors to il- illustrate real change with their collective response to upcoming demonstrations. You go on to say this can become a place where those upset about police killings and the injustice attached to them can raise their voices and their fists without facing the same consequences as those who choose violence. The question is, have there been lessons learned, Myron, from the last 10 months? I think we're going to find out in the next month and a half. I mean, I, because of my job at ESPN, I, I have friends all over the country. I travel all over the country. And I assure you that they are all watching Minneapolis right now. They're watching Minnesota right now to see what's going to unfold here in the coming weeks and months. So we're going to find out what lessons have been learned or if we've just returned to the status quo. Because after everybody gets emotional and they have these Zoom chats about what they're going to do after George Floyd died, it's been a lot of silence. So I'll be anxious to see what lessons, if any, have been learned. Myron, I can't thank you enough for being with us, Myron Metcalf. And i got to tell folks, if it's okay, you can tell me to stop if you like. Uh, I've, I've been, I don't think I've been stalking, but uh, for the very first time I've read, I've read yeah, your, you have. your column. <laughs> well, you know, I'm a journalist, man. So I've been after Myron to be with us, and you, eloquently you said, I, I want my column to speak for itself. But, Myron, I'm going to put you on the spot. I would love for you to speak for yourself here on a regular basis uh, as we go through the next several months just to connect with our community in a way that only Myron Metcalf can do. I'd love to be a part of the program, definitely. No, if, uh, if you'll have me, I would love to come back. All right. Myron Metcalf, you can read him in the Star Tribune. Are you in this Sunday? I am this Sunday, and I have a big announcement this Sunday, so I hope everybody tunes in. What's the announcement? You'll see it Sunday. <laughs> Come on, man! <laughs> I can't. I can't. I can't. Honestly, I can't announce it because it's it's uh, not just me. But it, I hope everybody participates and that they support when they see it on Sunday in the Star Tribune. All right, one of our uh, correspondents now, Myron Metcalf. Thank you so much for being with us, and uh, I apologize if uh, if I was too aggressive in getting you on our air this morning. Not aggressive at all. You know, I just always want to make sure it's all love on my end. Definitely, uh, you know, I don't, I, I'm kind of shy actually about some of this stuff. <laughs> I like to let the writing kind of speak for itself. So I appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate you being with us. All right.
Myron Metcalf, Chantel Singh. Good stuff, good stuff. Looking forward to the updates from him. Uh, seems like he's very uh, in tune and aware of what's going on, and so we'll we'll be uh, glad to hear from him on the regular. Chantel, it doesn't take it takes a lot to excite me about uh, journalists and mm-hmm. different writers. Mm-hmm. I was excited when I read Myron Metcalf's first article, mm. and have been I, I look for it. I know he's only in twice a month. But I look for him every week because his writing is so prolific. That's really good stuff. That's good stuff. You really do stalk him. Okay. Well, we got that out the way. Oh, we're out of time. <laughs> Not just quite. <laughs> Up next, Summer Walker's on the way, plus Fat Joe and also Larry, <laughs> Larry Fitzgerald. I don't like you. Download the game now and listen to Freddie Bell and Chantel Sings. Mornings. Search KMOJ.